Hello, this is Daniel Zafrin from LA Meekly. Greg isn't here because it's the second of the month and he's, as he put it, off the clock. I'm just here to introduce this bonus thing that we have right now, because you might have heard us in the actual episode that came out yesterday. We had mentioned that we had been asking for people who had taken part in the Black Lives Matter protests of the last month or so to send us in their recordings of their experiences, and we got more than we were expecting. And after already having listened to a two-hour and 20-minute episode yesterday, we didn't think you'd want to sit through another hour or so of more stuff. And it also felt like it was a disservice to the people who had taken the time to send in their experiences. So we decided to release it as its own thing, which is what you're about to hear. We want these voices to be heard and we want people's voices to continue to be heard. That's why we wanted to put this whole thing together as its own separate thing. We want to thank everybody who sent in their recordings of their experiences. And we also want to thank the people who just sent in their experiences in written form and didn't feel comfortable on a recording feeling that they might not have as wonderfully soothing to the ear voices as this one. We completely understand and we still appreciate that just as much. And also just thank everybody who is and has been and still will be out there protesting on behalf of everyone who hasn't gone out to the protests we thank you for that, for representing. And on behalf of myself and Greg, who made it very clear that he does not care to introduce things that only have to do with the fans of our show, we want to thank you for that as well. So here are the experiences of some of our listeners and friends during the protests of the last month or so. Enjoy. Hey, LA Meekly boys. Uh, this is Ray, a longtime listener, first time recorder. Dan, Daniel. I don't know if you like to be called Dan. Um, Greg. Hello, Greg. So, you guys want to hear about the experiences uh, during the protests? Uh, I went to several of them. There was one that I went to a few Saturdays back uh, that I want to say took place in like the South Central area or somewhat adjacent and uh um it was a very peaceful one it was a smaller one took quite a few pictures uh and uh it was uh, just a a good mix of uh people who just wanted justice and wanted to be heard and uh i think one of the best things i heard at that protest was uh someone had just flat out said uh, uh you know we've been screaming and yelling about this for decades and it's just now that we're getting a lot more people outside of uh, our world to start screaming with us um, which is true I think you know it, uh, going to talk about um, um, innocent people specifically people of color black people African Americans to uh, being uh, unjustly hurt, harmed, and killed by a police officer. So that was an interesting thing. I was also at the Fairfax one, the one that got uh, pretty chaotic pretty quickly, the one near uh, uh, the Grove, and uh, I took several pictures of that. And what I found most interesting was the constant assertion to raise your hands up. Everybody kept yelling, keep your hands up, keep your hands up, to display uh, that no one had any weapons in hand, there was at least like one guy that had uh, a helmet and what looked like a piecemeal riot gear kind of style. Um, and so I thought that was interesting. Uh, but other than that, there was really uh, that was like one person out of a large group of hundreds of people. And the way that was lined up, it was it was interesting to see like on the other on the opposite end. Um, just so much riot gear uh, uh, from head to toe on police officers uh, with uh, quote-unquote non-lethal weapons in hand. And there, it was just mind-boggling to witness and to see the, the juxtaposition between how prepared uh, police officers were for anything to go awry at any moment, whereas on the opposite end, everybody was just shirts, shoes, you know, shorts, you know, just cloth uh, and masks up, and and that's it, and nothing in hand except protest signs or cameras, 
And, and so to see this juxtaposition between the two, uh, I thought was very interesting. We left, my, my friend and I, he's, a, he's an ex-Marine, we left right around when things started really escalating because at, at that time when we were walking away because things seemed to be uh, getting out of hand, uh, I would argue on uh, the police officer's side because there was really nothing going on except for spray painting um, on uh, the protesters' side. Right when we're leaving, these two paddy wagons just like come around uh, the protesters. And so what I saw was basically the protesters and the police officers lining up, uh, like keeping a steady line and, and, and being inactive for a temporary amount of time and and I guess it was kind of like a, a a move for the police officers to hold the protesters down at a line so that way cops could come around uh, the block uh, around like the Britney Spears where that area is the exhibition or whatever that is they came around that block around that corner uh, with two trucks full of what looked like SWAT teams or, or riot geared police officers with, you know, so many of, uh, of, uh, the, uh, um, the, the plastic bands ready to tie their hands together to arrest the people just to come up from behind them. So they're holding the protesters there and then they just drive up and come up from behind them so they can do mass arrests. And that's when I think things really got out of hand and we were getting out right when those things were happening. And that's when we heard about the curfew and all that. And it, it got very interesting very quickly. I, I want to, I want to make sure that it's addressed though, that for the protesters, there was nothing in hand. There was no weapons, no objects, no items that could appear or come across as threatening. But on the opposite end, with non-lethal weapons in hand, the cops really did look threatening. They really did. And I want that to, I, w I want that to be conveyed because I think the militarization of the police has been a problem for a number of years. Uh, I want to say decades, probably ever since the shootout uh, in, in uh, Northridge in the 90s, I believe. Um, the guy with the AK-47 just like walking around from head to toe with bulletproof armor. That was like one incident as opposed to the many incidents following. I witnessed at that time where, uh, you know, this, this past few Saturdays, protesters just weren't really... They, they they weren't ready to fight a fight, to have a battle, but they were willing and ready to, you know, take the shot, take the hit, whatever like that, be, because they have nothing, whereas the police officers had everything at their disposal and more so, and appearing and acting as though this was a war zone, and it's not. It is not a war zone. I want that to be noted as a narrative that... Uh, uh, these protesters are not, you know, lethal people. Uh, from what I witness, the, these are not harmful people. The police officers, on the other hand, though, are. They looked very menacing, very threatening, and um, everybody over there was afraid. That's why there was just constant utterance of "Keep your hands up, keep your hands up, keep your hands up." That was just so scary. To witness and and behold that uh, these people who are supposed to be our protectors don't look like they're protecting us anymore. They look like they're trying to control us, but in a way that's almost harmful and threatening and 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 disturbing in that matter. So I hope this experience helps. I hope I, I'm sorry if I went on a little too long, but, uh, yeah. Um, thanks for, uh, letting me, uh, have this moment with you guys. I appreciate your podcast very well and uh, keep going. Uh, love you guys. I live in downtown LA and, uh, in that sense, uh, whether I wanted to not, whether I wanted to participate in the protests or not, I mean, the protests were going to come to me. I live right on Broadway. So, you know, my experience began really on that first weekend, that first wild weekend where there was Santa Monica looting and, and you know, nationwide protests and quite a bit of anger. And the, the police weren't really prepared or didn't quite understand the scope of what was going on yet. So it was, a, it was, it was really quite wild. Uh, that first weekend was, a, was wilder than the, the weekends that followed or the weeks that followed. 
Um, but still, at the same time, everybody kind of knew that it was going to be something big. You know, I'd recently studied the the '92 LA riots, and I'd actually you know retraced some of it in Koreatown and, and where it had started. So it was kind of interesting from a political, socio political perspective for me as well. And on Friday the 29th, I was just hanging out in my room, and I heard some noise outside. I heard some marching, some noise, and some commotion. Helicopters in the air. And I went to the window and I saw, you know, a group of protesters march by chanting and I instantly understood what it was. And so I thought about it for two, three minutes Then I grabbed a mask and I went outside and I joined them. So we walked uh, around downtown for a bit and then walked all the way to City Hall where, you know, other protesters had gathered and stayed there for, for some time. And at that point, you know, I had gone home and... Uh, start to reflect on what I'd actually seen. So uh, the things that struck me were, it was truly a diverse group. I mean, a lot of uh, diverse ethnically, but also, let's say, from a social uh, strata standpoint. There were, you know, quite a few young people. There were older people. There were people that looked like, you know, they'd just fell, <laughs> fallen out of the office and gone to the streets, or people looked like they were very prepared for these protests. Um, some people, you know, did look like professional protesters. There were definitely vehicles from out of state. Uh, Oregon, I saw vehicles from Oregon, I saw vehicles from Washington. Um, there were people with loudspeakers, and there were people that really came prepared. So, and there's a lot of people like myself who just kind of, you know, join the protest because they, you know, believe in the actual uh, issue at hand um, that needs to be protest. So, that, that's what kind of struck me, and I, I thought that was actually um, refreshing. You know, the negati negativity that's associated with the protests, uh, which I, I do harbor some of that as well, comes from the fact that, you know, as evening fell on those first nights, uh, the atmosphere and the mood changed. It went from, a more, from less of a protest to more, you know, simple wilding, just simple, you know, vandalism and going crazy and doing wild stuff. And I saw a lot of wild things. I saw a lot of property being uh, destroyed. I saw people throwing bottles at, you know, the windows of the residential complexes lining the street. Uh, there were some you know, confrontation between residents living there, yelling at people to stop breaking things, stop spray painting things, and things like that. So that kind of, you know, it does, for me, it also took a little bit away from my appreciation of, uh, of the protests and their necessity. A couple, I mean, I, I participated in those, those marches for those, that first weekend a few times, and then a couple of days later in the week, the National Guard showed up, and that also changed the, the whole atmosphere. It did add a serious tone to everything, and although the protests continued, I think, and especially with the curfews, I think uh, they dissipated to a certain degree with time. Or they moved elsewhere. I mean, that's also um, something I think was strategic, that they moved the protests, moved to different points of town, and also to different cities throughout Southern California. I think that's also a large contrast to that first weekend. That first weekend did not seem really particularly organized. It might have been to a certain degree, but it seemed more spontaneous, like, you know, the people must speak. And uh, I think it was, you know, partially perhaps a, a, a response to being locked down for, you know, a couple months. And the people needed to get out, they needed to speak. And people kind of ignored uh, social distancing, obviously. Uh, on one case, I saw somebody had brought out alcohol, set up a table, and they were passing out shots. And people were drinking from the same shot glasses. You know, people drink from the same water bottle. People yelling and screaming um, at the top of their lungs with no masks on. And, you know, bunched up together. So... Yeah, that, that's something I had thought about as well and uh, a little bit worried about, still worried about that actually. But in general, yeah, the, the experience with the protests was I felt like I appreciated it, that it had to be done, that it needed to be done. I didn't appreciate the, the property damage and the looting. Um, but, you know, it's a, it's a small price to pay if actual meaningful change can, can be achieved. Um, I do think, however, it's also... People have gone a bit tired of it. Um, you know, today it's uh, end of June. I saw some protests against yesterday, and there was there was more confrontation. People saying, you know, go home now, and uh, from all colors, by the way. I, I saw a wild, pretty wild confrontation between a, a black gentleman in an automobile who was telling the protesters to get out of the way because he wanted to go home, and they got all up in his face. You know, handies out, their phones out, um, filming, and you know got pretty close to an actual physical confrontation and as he sped away you know he narrowly missed some people so yeah let's let's see where this is going and i think everybody kind of wants to get back to normal but 
still have the problems that you know they're being protested about still get them solved so yeah i think we are in uncharted territory quite honestly you know we've got the election coming up um and probably will be disputed either way you know no matter who wins or loses it's going to be disputed i think we might have you know another wave of of severe social unrest and you know god knows what this summer uh holds in store for us but it's a very interesting time and it's a very interesting time to be in la you know and uh yeah let's uh, stick together and hope hope for the best I attended the All Black Lives Matter March on June 14th in Hollywood, which was organized by Black LGBTQ plus leaders in solidarity with the Black Lives Matter movement. Uh, the energy of the crowd was fired up, totally nonviolent, absolutely peaceful. Some people danced, some played instruments, some were on roller skates. I saw an older Black woman with a walker taking it slow, but taking it nonetheless. And I guess that's sort of part of the reason I needed to be there. If this older woman with her walker could show up in March, I would be ashamed to say that I was at home on my couch that morning. I'm a lesbian and I'm able to live my life in a truthful and genuine way thanks to people who showed up for me before I was even born. Generations fighting for the rights of those who would come after, and I don't take that lightly. The only way I feel like I can thank those people who showed up and spoke up is to do the same now for anyone who is oppressed. Show up, speak up, flood the streets, be counted, add to that visual tsunami so people can see the number of people opposed to all this bullshit that's going on. And one day I do hope to have kids. And when they learn about this point in history where people had finally had enough and demanded change, if my kids inevitably ask me what I was doing during that time, I need to be able to tell them that I was there, that I showed up, because I want them to be the kind of people who show up. About an hour after I reached the end point for that march in West Hollywood, droves of people were still coming in, literally an hour after I had reached that spot, and I wasn't even one of the front runners. So that's an insane number of people. And I've seen some signs that say, you f***ed with the wrong generation, and I 100% believe that. They're simply just not going to sit down and take it anymore, and I'm totally in awe of them and will continue to support in any way I can. To go into a little bit more detail on one of the topics uh, that I personally found the most interesting um, in association with the, the riots, well, riots is the wrong word, really, the protests uh, that took place in downtown L.A., um, those are the ones I can speak of. I wasn't involved in Santa Monica or the, the Melrose or any of the other uh, protests really in downtown L.A., and as I said before, the protests came to me. I, I had no choice but to, to witness them. But I welcomed them. You know, I, I did participate. I did uh, join them on several occasions and uh, earnestly felt right in those protests. I was in the right spot. But the diversity of the crowd is one thing that I, I found fascinating. So, you know, obviously the ethnic diversity, um, there were quite a few, you know, obviously African-American people, also a lot of Hispanics, a lot of Asians, uh, and a lot of white people. You know, I'd, I'd probably say was the crowds were probably 30 to 40 percent white and, you know, uh, 60 to 70 percent of, of various ethnicities. And also the, the diversity of the age groups. I mean, obviously you're going to have young people who are all fired up. A lot of students or people of student age at least but you had some you know kind of the old hippie types and you had also people who were very open about their let's say left-leaning ideologies so you had that kind of you know the diverse group and then you had guys like myself who you know i'm middle-aged whether i want to uh, admit it or not uh, white um you know have, have quite a bit of experience in living different places around the world but um, still, I would be, you know, in, in that context, the, the, the token white guy, you know, with all his white privilege and, and so on. So, but at the same time, you know, I, I felt at home with that group and felt welcomed. There, were, there was a lot of camaraderie in the, in the crowd, especially during the daytime. People were making sure everybody was hydrated. Uh, people were, you know, passing out food, uh, offering help. Um, nobody was, you know, being aggressive towards one another. And, and the crowd was, was, you know, loud, boisterous, um, obviously expressing some displeasure with the, the law enforcement uh, elements that showed up. Um, but at the same time, it, there was, it felt like a peaceful protest, as peaceful as a, as a protest can ever be. 
you know, the word protest is you're, you're lashing out at something. So it's never going to be 100% peaceful. I don't care what Gandhi says. <laughs> but so it was, a, it was a peaceful protest for the most part. And I really appreciated that. And I saw, I was at the protest on several days. So, you know, I, I think I have a fairly balanced uh, view of that. Uh, that being said, of course, in the evening, the, let's say, the, the energy of the protest changed. Um, I think also different people joined the protest in the evening. Um, I think maybe even the police were more aggressive in the evening as well. I think that partially fueled some of that anger. It was kind of like a self-perpetuating, uh, you know, aggression between, you know, the protesters and, you know, the, the police pushing back and, and vice versa. You know, it's equal and opposite reaction, you know, basic physics. So that, that was interesting for me. And, and also noticing there were elements that had come out of town. That, that same, as the week wore on, as the protests got bigger, they did seem to become more organized. That first weekend was, was rather spontaneous. It really felt spontaneous. Like people were just like, I have to participate now. I have to have my voice heard. I'm out on the streets. Let the people be heard. That was the energy of those, those first couple of days. As it went on, it became more and more professional. There, was more, there were more dogmatic statements being made in terms of, of, of politics. Uh, it seemed to me that certain elements were trying to take over the protests tried to make the protest about them instead of just about a general topic. Um, so you did have, you know, anarchists and, and socialists and um, those people um, trying to, to get their message heard or even dominate the, the protest in that sense. I saw out-of-state elements, as I mentioned before, you know, people from Oregon, Washington, uh, professionals, uh, they came very organized, loudspeakers, and so on. So you had that element, and then you had the other, other groups. So it was very interesting to observe from a, from a social perspective, that's for sure. And uh, nobody knows where everything's headed. headed. We've got a long summer ahead of us. But um, um, I, I must say it's an interesting time to be in L.A. And uh, it does seem like a very L.A. thing to do to protest against this. I think it's something that's, that's been brewing for a long time. I mean, we had the, the massive protests in, in 92, the riots. Um, thankfully, this time it has not been so violent. There have not been uh, so many deaths associated with the protests. But there's been problems lingering that have not been solved. Um, and, you know, I think people are lashing out just as much against police brutality as they are against... Uh, a wealth disparity and you know, opportunity disparity. I think there's a broader understanding of what kind of effect it has on society. And if anything, I think, you know, maybe, you know, the issues of wealth disparity have become worse since the 92 riots in terms of opportunity. So, yeah, like I said, uh, let's see where this summer is going to take us. Uh, there's a lot in store, I'm sure. With the elections coming up and no matter who wins or loses that election, there's going to be there's going to be protests. It's going to be disputed. And uh, let's hope that things stay, if not peaceful, at least that they stay nonviolent. Hi, my name is Betsy. I've lived in L.A. for about five years, and I currently live in Koreatown. I have been to three protests in the last month. The first was at uh, Pan Pacific Park on May 30th. It was a Black Lives Matter protest. Just driving up to it, I knew that it was going to be incredible because even from a mile and a half away I could see people walking to the park with their signs and I got goosebumps just knowing that I was about to be witness to something incredible. The amount of people at the park totally surprised me. I had no idea what to expect but it the entire park just felt alive. <laughs> it sounds really cheesy but it, it really did feel like there was just this big swirling mass of people who were all feeling their feelings at the same time and there was music and prayer and dancing and incredible signs and people giving out snacks and water and honking their horns in support we marched from the park to third and fairfax it was it was wild to see i mean it was so many faces people brought their kids there were dogs it, it felt like, it just, it felt unreal and really special. Uh, around two o'clock, it had been like two hours since I had been at the protest and I started to feel like I was getting kind of sunburned. 
And so I decided to go home. And I think, I think the drive back to my apartment probably took about 15 minutes. And by the time I got home, I had texts from friends and family saying, are you seeing this? Are you watching the news? And so I, I started reading the news and, and watching everything that was going on. And I watched Kendrick Sampson's live feed on Instagram and just saw you know him and I saw his assistant and everyone else that was on the front line really just kind of getting beat up <laughs> by the police. I mean, they'd already been hit by something. Um, and it just was really unfortunate to see because that wasn't, that wasn't what it was. It, it wasn't what they were showing on the news. It wasn't a mess. It was beautiful and organized and, and just cathartic and lovely. And so it's really unfortunate that, you know, when the police showed up, they, they made it what it was. It, it sucks. Uh, the next protest that I went to was at City Hall downtown, and it was organized by the LA Public Defenders Union. Another really well-organized protest. Uh, a lot of, you know, just incredible people speaking. And at one point we took a knee for a moment of silence in George Floyd's name. And I was with a friend and we both looked up and there were police, you know, of course, on the steps of City Hall, but then also along the buildings that line Grand Park. But we looked up and there were police on top of the buildings, like looking down at everybody. And it sort of felt like this weird betrayal <laughs> in that we were there and, and we were peaceful and it was lovely. And we were all there with this common goal of, you know, hoping for the same future for, for society and and just there to, to I don't know, feel things. <laughs> I don't know how else to describe it. I guess it, it just felt, it felt shitty to have, you know, guns pointed at you and have people in riot gear when you were there to speak and stand in solidarity and be heard and, you know, have your body and your voice there to show support. It didn't feel like that's what they were there for, you know, that that's what they're supposed to do. It felt, it felt like ultimate surveillance, you know? I mean, there were choppers and, and police everywhere, and it just felt like overkill. Um, but again, that protest was really was really peaceful and lovely. And I was really glad I could be a part of it. The one that I went to after that was in Hollywood. And that one also was was great. It's just been, <laughs> it's been a kind of a nonstop, a nonstop thing where every, every weekend, every day during the week too. I mean, there, there are so many different choices for protests that you can go to. There are so many different ways to be heard there are people, skateboarders meeting to protest. There are people meeting to, you know, talk about black homeless lives. And it's it's just like there are no, there's no shortage of ways to be active. And I'm really proud of the city that I live in for being so willing to stand up on the right side of history. So I plan on going to many more protests. I just get tested for the virus between each one. So um, that is the reality that we live in now, I guess. Um, but yeah, we'll see, you know, hopefully this will all, people will continue to feel the momentum and feel the urgency that, that I think, I think a lot of people are feeling right now. And I can't wait to see, you know, how things change. Okay, so we went to the protest slash march in Simi Valley on June 6th. I know Simi Valley is not <laughs> LA, but a significant part of Simi Valley is that is where the Rodney King trial was, where justice was not served, and that incited what is now known as, I guess, the Rodney King riots. Yeah. Right. So it was a big deal that this was happening in Simi, where also a lot of LAPD cops live. What do you guys think? How did you feel at the protest? Uh, I was honestly surprised at how 
many Simi Valley residents were driving by in support. Like I, I thought a lot of the people might have been from out of the area, but you start seeing the same cars and you look at the license plate frames and a lot of them were just Simi Valley cars, <laughs> it's like Simi Valley Kia, Simi Valley Hyundai, you know? There, these people are, are there and they're supporting it being different than it's been, which was pretty cool to see. There were a few cars that were like local businesses in Simi too, mm -hmm. I noticed, and there were there was one that was a little baffling because they had a thin blue line decal on the back, and I was like, oh, so you're like borrowing someone's truck? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, the protest was pretty calm in general. Like we didn't, there wasn't any like tear gassing or rubber bullets. It was mostly just the police. They were just standing. Yeah, on, yeah. on the freeway entrances and exits. Just standing in a line like, like a gang in West Side Story. Yeah. Honestly, yeah, they were perfectly lined up. But yeah, they didn't. Uh, they thankfully didn't do anything. One thing I found out. I mean, not this whole thing had like a permit, so nothing went down. But I did find out it was uh, organized by some teenage girls. Yeah. In area, which yeah. Was very cool. Yeah, they had apparently gone to a, a protest in L.A. proper that really moved them, and they wanted to organize something similar and see me. Bring that home. I mean, it was cool. It was way more people than, I guess, any of us really expected, right? Like, It I, was yeah. definitely thousands. They pegged yeah. it at 2,000, but my, I felt like it was more being there. It felt like definitely more because... Uh, there was some amount of turnover. Like, you saw people leaving and still getting there and stuff throughout mm -hmm. the whole thing. Oh, one moment that I really, really loved was uh, we were walking down one of the main streets in Simi, and it's it's backed up against some residential uh, area. There's, like, a family uh, looking over the fence at all the protesters as we walked by. And like I made contact, eye contact with a dad who was a black guy, and he threw up the fist, and I threw one up back, and it was just like a really cool moment because, like, I grew up in Moore Park, which isn't too far from there, and to see like black people at their home in Simi Valley that were comfortable and like being like proud to be black was like cool. That's yeah. just not that's not a place where. I would say blackness is encouraged generally. This is a place that literally has a monument to Ronald Reagan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We did drive by a Trump 2020 slash All Lives Matter sign on the way home, but it was very far from the march. I didn't even notice that. Yeah. I mean, it was on like, it was not on the same street even because yeah. it was a different way home. There was only one thing even close to an altercation, and it was frankly just baffling more than anything. The drunk dude? Yeah. Um, that he was arguing with people saying, what are you protesting? And we were like, oh, maybe this is like an All Lives Matter person. And then he started like, you're protesting systematic racism. And then it was just confusing. It's like, okay, so we're on the same side. I don't really understand what's going on. Um, I smelled vodka on his breath. And the thing that was interesting was that there was, um, there were a couple of guys who had like iron cross neck tattoos because guys like that are around seeing me as well, you know. <laughs> they were just riding around there on their bikes, kind of like taking pictures, just watching. They weren't really interfering with anyone, but I saw them stop and stare, and it's like, I don't fully know what was going on. I think they may have just been a contingent of people who were afraid of looters, and obviously there wasn't any of that, so they were just kind of hanging out. I remember telling that story to a group chat, and... Uh, Keith Carey posited that perhaps the racist dudes were confused that the uh, person of color, because the man was a uh, person of color, uh, arguing with a Jewish-looking man, and they just didn't know what to do, <laughs> which is possible. Yeah, but we kind of saw those guys riding around throughout the whole march. Yeah. They were just kind of going back and forth. They were just hanging out. I saw them at one point in a parking lot, taking like kind of taking pictures, but yeah. most of the time they were just riding around. Yeah, just observing, yeah. I guess. Oh, I didn't see this happen, but I did read an article about it that some guy got interviewed. He's like, I'm here to support the police. And it, see, it did seem Weird. like there was a few of those guys just kind of like, you know, standing around, arms crossed, I just saw, watching everything. Yeah, I saw a YouTube video after, and there was apparently some of those people 
kind of hang out at the corner of one of the shopping plazas. Hmm. And at one point, they got into it with uh, one of the protesters. Uh, but, yeah, the video didn't look as it, and someone de-escalated it and, and kind of got to the point where, like, they gave each other hugs and were out of there. So it was like, even the part where it looked like it might have gotten a little bit spicy, it was still relatively tame. Yeah, yeah. we did see that one squad, squad, oh, sorry, SWAT team car ride by yeah. with the sirens going. I think it was just intimidation, they just, right? Yeah, they're just yeah. Doing, yeah, they just do that. Yeah. That's like, I've, since all these protests have been going on, you've seen so many more just lines of police cars on the freeways with their sirens going and it doesn't really appear that they're going anywhere in particular a lot of times it's like northbound on the 101 like oh really there's something going down in Winnetka that you really need to get to from Balboa I don't know right I know someone's on someone's lawn <clears throat> I don't know I mean there was people of all ages there it was neat yeah all right like I saw every race there that was cool and just like it was so large such a big turnout like there mm-hmm. were I think a lot of people that we sort of were expecting to run into and it was just too crowded that I ran into fun. one guy I knew. that's right yeah, yeah. just to have by happenstance and then we lost each other like 10 minutes later right there were people handing out water people handing out snacks overall a very very calm very positive experience absolutely yeah yeah had a great time I participated in the Black Lives Matter protest in Simi Valley on June 6th And uh, leading up to the protest, there was a lot of tension, particularly on social media, as there are many white conservative uh, social media groups that were absolutely terrified of the soon-to-be protest. And these folks were, like, threatening the protesters with gun violence if they came anywhere near their properties. And they were referring to all protesters as rioters, which is just absurd to me. But luckily, the protest was massive, peaceful, and extremely successful. In fact, the entire protest was organized by a 17-year-old woman who's not even old enough to vote, but she managed to pull this off, which was just amazing. But a lot of people in Simi Valley felt it was uh, especially important to, to get out on the streets and, and stand up against racism because this, the city definitely has a reputation for being racist. Um, there were multiple signs during the protest with just the year 1992 written on them, which was obviously pointing to the Rodney King trials and the riots in L.A., which were a direct result of those trials. And the trials took place in Simi Valley, of course. So, yeah, thousands of people came out to just essentially stand with Black Lives Matter. And there were a few weirdos riding around on bikes saying all lives matter, but they were absolutely nothing compared to the thousands of people standing against racism. One last note about Simi Valley is that there are 20 signs throughout this, like 20 street signs throughout the city that just say Simi Valley supports our cops. And it turns out that these signs were actually paid for by the Simi Valley police foundation so it's almost like a forced appreciation of the police on the citizens and especially for visitors you know coming through the city and seeing those signs it leaves a really strong impression and a lot of people don't agree with that kind of forced appreciation so yeah i mean this is all related black lives matter and the the tensions between police and the people so simi valley was was kind of like an especially important place for this to happen. And I'm really glad it turned out successful and I'm happy to have taken part in it. Okay, so I have gone to not a ton, but a couple of protests and probably the most emotionally charged one I went to was the first one, which was the first Saturday after George Floyd was murdered, I think, or when, not like when it happened, but at least when we saw the tape and all of that had happened. And I kind of just felt compelled to do it. I kind of just spent the whole day before just being really upset about everything and kind of just woke up and messaged a couple friends and they said they were going and I was kind of already on my way. And it was really nice in a lot of ways. It was kind of, I feel like, such an emotion, an emotional release because I know we've all been doing this to different levels, but I live alone, so I hadn't really seen anyone or maybe in person or talked to or been able to like get close enough to even hug someone at that point yet that much at that point, I don't think. 
So I met up with my friends and we immediately kind of were like, dude, we're going to be, we all had masks on, but it was like, we're going to be around so many people all day. Like, fuck it. And to just like, just to even hug my friends that also were in solidarity with me in this moment was really great. But yeah, so we start walking, we're hanging out. It's, and like I said, I think it was the same kind of release because I was with comics. So at one point we started joking. We're like, we look like monsters because we're riffing during a protest that is very upsetting technically but we're all just so happy to be here and together and coming from florida where things like this have a lot more opposition sometimes um and not so much that there's no one that would be for black lives matter it's just that i feel like here in la we have a lot more for than against um than I would really imagine. So I had kind of had this built up fear of watching people even in New York and other places get run over with cars. Like they were warning protesters to get video and make sure that they got license plates if it did happen. So I was really afraid specifically of getting run over by a car for being in the street. So the first like moment that we left we kind of started we were chaining people were speaking and we started walking through the park and as soon as we left the park and got into the street I kind of felt this like anxiety like okay here we go and I started to walk on the sidewalk which is also hilarious because my friend looked at me like are you really trying to follow rules right now but I started on the sidewalk and eventually got in the street uh with them and I heard all these people honking and even at the women's march which was way less tense there were people that were honking and kind of most of them were down but there were a couple people down there that were like telling women they were going to hell or whatever so I hear all this honking and immediately get nervous and then I realize that the entire street is just packed with cars parked on purpose with signs and they're yelling and they're standing on top of their cars and I just start bawling like it was such an emotional moment to see so many people and I think that kind of that rush came from being so isolated and being alone and watching all of these things that you know are sad and talking to coworkers that may care or may not care, but you're talking to people all day that really don't seem to understand why you're so upset. So to go out and see so many people that obviously were just as sad and angry and cared as much as I do really did a lot for me in terms of even how I felt moving forward. I feel like it really empowered me to know that even when I'm at home by myself sending emails or making a post or doing whatever I'm trying to do with my time, that it's all for the greater good. And there's a lot of people I can't see that care about the same thing I do. And we're all working together, whether we're in the streets or not. It's all coming together to hopefully create real effective lasting change. So I feel like it was definitely cathartic for me in a way that I wasn't expecting and then I also at one point there was a male lady who was kind of stuck in the middle of everything and everyone everyone that passed her just immediately cheered for her we were all just like we love you so much as a person and it was this black lady just sitting in her car and like quietly crying to herself but with this hopeful smile on her face like look at all of these kids out here doing this and I put my hand up on the plexiglass of her car, of her truck and said, I love you. And she put her hand back and said, I love you too. And we were both crying and it's me and I got separated from my friends. And later, um, Deo, Anthony Deo, I don't know if you guys know him or not, but he's a comic too. I went with him and Matt Viola. They're both amazing. And uh, Deo yelled at me and was like, you can't get separated from people during a protest trying to have a Titanic moment with the male lady. But like that was kind of a small moment that summed up how powerful um, being a part of protests have been for me. So, and I know that I've had been very spoiled and kind of left even that day as things got gnarly. Like I saw cops rushing in. I saw like fleets of motorcycle cops. I saw cop cars that were there for no reason and seemed to be kind of baited, get destroyed by young kids that were angry and just like saw the beginning of all that, but kind of left before stuff got especially gnarly. And so I feel like I'm definitely spoiled in how nice my experience was. I know that a lot of friends have had a lot worse and I've helped tried to help a lot of friends that have had a lot worse experiences, but 
um, as far as why people are afraid or why the video that they're showing might be working in making people at home think that the people out there are there for the wrong reasons. Like there were people looking at my Instagram to soothe their children into knowing that it would be safe to go out and speak their minds. So I think that there's definitely mixed things, but like if we are treated as citizens, it's a nice, peaceful, beautiful, like shared time of like-minded people. So I went over, I'm sorry, but yeah, that was my time protesting. Love y'all. Bye. My friend called me one morning because she had a dream about me. After telling me the dream, she asked what I was doing that day. And she said that she was going to go to a protest with her next door neighbor and asked if I wanted to go with. So I said yes. Quickly got dressed, went down to her apartment, and the three of us went together down to downtown LA in front of City Hall. I, we got there before the protest even started. So we sat on the grass with people walking by with little pressed juices to help with immunity and people saying there's snacks, there's water if you needed it. When 12 o'clock rolled around, we got up and we took our posters to the stairs in front because her neighbor knew the guy who put on this particular protest. So we stood up on the stairs. It wasn't that big of a group at first. Then more people started to come. Live music was playing with an all-black band. People were dancing. Some people started to sing along with the songs. People were holding up their posters as people walked by. Police came by, closed off a portion of the street. Made us a little nervous. We didn't know what was going to go on. Then, probably about half an hour later, after just standing there, with people coming around with snacks and water, offering it to us if we needed anything. Uh, we saw a group coming in from our right. And we were like, oh, there's a, just another protest. And they started to walk over to us. We got kind of nervous because we saw smoke. <laughs> But it ended up just being a smoke flare that somebody got that was uh, all black smoke flare. They came in front of the city hall, bought their big banner that said Black Lives Matter, and placed it on the ground. Then they joined our group, so it became an even larger group. We were all chanting then, probably another half an hour later, another group came to join ours from right in front of us. So, at this point, it was probably thousands of people. And we were in such awe about how many people came out. The Black Lives Matter group that came in from our right the guy who led that particular protest came up and started to speak. And it was very moving. At one point, what we did was people started to go down on one knee. And about a minute or two in, I realized that we were kneeling down for as long as the officer did. And that was, I don't understand how he could have done that because my friend and I would have to shift knees in between the eight minute long thing. One, the group that came in from in front of us left. There was a little walk around. We didn't join the walk because we didn't know where they were going. They did a full circle, came back to where we were as... People were going through, taking pictures. Somebody had a drone, so they were taking an aerial video of how big this group was. People were coming up, taking pictures of me, 
taking pictures of my friends, holding up signs, taking pictures of other people, holding up signs. There was a diversity in the group that was represented. People from all walks of life, different ethnicities. There were kids even. I think the youngest I saw was probably about three. And as the protest kept on going on, we were standing there. Then at one point, the leader of our protest had people start coming up and talking. And it was moving because there was a lot of people, a lot of black people coming up and telling us their stories. Like, one was gay, and he was saying how it was hard for them, him as a gay black man. And then there was a different guy that represented a different group that was protesting as well. And then the one that was the most moving was a 76-year-old man who came up and said that he had, when he was a younger man, he came to the same stairs to protest, and that seeing a new group of younger individuals and protesting gave him new life and new hope for a change. After we left, they took down the mics, they took down everything. We stayed for a little bit longer, but then we we left. We went back to their apartments. Her neighbor and I went up the street to a different protest. There we just stood on the side of the road as cars drove by, holding our signs. People were honking. There were kids even at that one. There was a whole bunch of different signs. People in their cars even had signs. My favorite sign above all was cranky old white guy for BLM. I was tired by the end of the day. My feet hurt, but I felt like I had done something to make change.